everyone welcome back to vampire weekday once again i'm joined by my co-host kevin as we take on married in a gold rush off of vampire weekend's fourth lp father of the bride this song what can we say about this song kevin i love this song this is i honestly want to say this is fringe top five candidacy for me um musically we're looking at something that feels like a nice bridge between the contra era electro pop and then some of the more guitar ish bassy things that we feel on father the bride so just a pleasure to listen to we have a nice little uh strings outro there uh electric piano comes in some of the later verses and I mean, the sentiment and the themes we have here are unbelievably relatable, but also very deeply, you know, personal. Um, we got a lot going on here. It's all very, very good. Yeah, I definitely view this song as the bridge between the two parts of the album because it is a double album. Um, but I, I th- definitely view this as like the end of the first half, even though they are connected somewhat loosely. Um, but considering the end of the song being a very positive optimistic note and then the next song being my mistake which is just very sad yeah um very different i i definitely viewed this as like the ending of the first chapter it's almost like a play you have two acts here mm-hmm. uh, so it could be the same people the same story um but there definitely is a much greater pause between the two songs than other songs yeah, uh, two things here. Uh, first of all, you point about how this has a very positive spin at the end. And really, that spin doesn't come until the end. Uh, yeah. This is a cool to this, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very layered song, um, like emotional. We kind of, we, we, we take a couple twists and turns. And also, we talked about when we did um, Hold You Now about how these duets with Danielle, as we've talked about how they are tent poles for the album. And we kind of have this middle of the album here where we have... Um, Hold you now talking about this marriage um, that's got some tension there at the beginning. Uh, we have We Belong Together, which is this kind of like all of a sudden profession of like, wow, we really have something beautiful here. And there we have in this song kind of this unsurety, this back and forth, like what the hell's going on? And that, like you said, that kind of positive ending there. Um, but yeah, all three of those songs just so well done. Um, nothing too complicated but really really a pretty song we have here yeah i definitely think this song makes sense follow it right after rich man yes Um, so i I think the placement of the song is pretty solid um but yeah sonically like you said it does incorporate some of the electronic from contra um but this song usually is labeled as a very country-esque song and Ezra talked about it in Time Crisis how he really didn't want it to be country and everyone was like oh this is your country song and they're just like no like stop calling it that Um, but I mean it's hard not to think it's a country song Um, it has that very Johnny Cash and um, who was his uh, person yeah June Carter uh, duet vibe going um and even some some of the like lyrical play between the two um but i mean you even have like slight guitar at one point so i, I don't know it, it definitely comes off as very country-ish to me no i get what you're saying um and lyrically we have kind of more of that narrative kind of like homier americana like lyricism style here um anytime you have a phrase like midnight train in a song it's very hard to not think of it as being somewhat americana uh, so I get where that's coming from. 
Uh, also, Gold Rush is very much like a cowboy thing. You know, I mean, we think explicitly, we've talked about in the past about how this, this um, album feels to be set in California. Um, and then, of course, we have the uh, California Gold Rush of 1849. Um, Nico, our Bay Area resident, can tell us all about that, his local history there. But um, yeah, I think that speaks to it as well about how this feels like the, an American album. Yeah, it's definitely dives deep into the Americana aspect of this album. Um, yeah, with that, I think we can dive in. Um, you, you start off with a line that I really feel like is out of place. Something's happening in the country and the government's to blame. Take that out and the song's the same. I don't know if it's the same or different, but I think this starts it on a very particular course. Um, mm -hmm. So you think it's setting the tone? I think it is. I think there's, a, there's definitely some nuance here. And I mean, I don't know how much this is legit, but I get this sense that our characters are looking at the, the tension in their relationship with the like sense of the current social, economic, political, climate, 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 really, honestly, like all sorts of stuff going on here. Um, that's kind of the notion I got that drove their tension. We talked about these characters that when things were, when they first got together, things were great. And now all this stuff is happening and they're questioning everything. And it's kind of a funny line, but at the same time, it sets a tone at least it set a tone in that direction for me, at least. Yeah, I, I definitely could see that. That, that makes more sense because the song does start off as a, on a questioning note of, are we going to get out of this um, before it turns it around? Yeah, that's, uh, the the half. that's the attitude I had for most of the song. Yeah, that makes sense then. Um, do you think there is a clear allusion to modern political events or... You know, I think so. Um, and there's a couple of lines later that kind of kind of turn me on that. I mean, we have um, what are, what are, I had something written down here. I wanted to. Yeah, the, the bridge, I think, speaks a little bit more to that. Um, and we'll get to that. But I think we have a few clues as we go through this that feel it, it feels like that. Did you view the song through a more. Um, I guess, for lack of a better term, sterile lens, like more of a pure, like view of a relationship. Yeah, I, I definitely viewed it more as just storytelling device. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I, I think it's like, uh, apparently the gold rush was in a time of economic crisis. So it could be said that at the time, the government was to blame for them okay. getting their hopes up and having the initial riches followed by the uh, desert as stated later. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's, it's very cheap. And I guess the one thing that turns me off of this is that it seems like characters like Ezra and Danielle wouldn't be, I mean, Ezra is a songwriter here, but it almost feels cheap for them to either look at a scapegoat or maybe feel like a coastal elite. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's very easy to think of your like Manhattan or Chicago or LA, like white liberal in the sense of like, I'm better than people in the red states. I see things better than them. And, you know, as a coastal elite, I mean, I 
am in that environment and I try not to be that person because that guy kind of sucks. Um, but can Chicago people be coastal elites? Um, they're not really on the coast. Uh, it's a, called a third coast. Um, and we have a ton of fresh water right there, Nico. Oh, uh, boy. Um, but <laughs> Never yeah, disrespect Lake Michigan. That's kind of, the, and really the line that did that to me. And again, I'm reading this song through this lens. So maybe it just be a confirmation bias. But when we got the bridge and I read the line, animals don't understand the words on the danger sign. For them, it's just some shades in the morning shine. My least charitable read of that song is the narrator is like a liberal coastal elite looking down on like red and purple state people. Like they don't see what's going on here. I'm smarter than them. There's all these terrible things happening to our climate, our political scene, our economy. You're not seeing it. You're just going along with your day. And that might not even need to be a political divide. That could just be somebody who just thinks they're better than everybody else. I mean, it could be like some right-wing crypto bro who like thinks he's smarter than everybody else too. You know, that's a divide there. I guess the thing that I see is we, we feel like we know a little bit more about Ezra's personality because I mean, historically he'd been more of an like an outspoken guy with his radio show and his social media stuff. It doesn't seem like he's that type of person. So I don't think that's what happened there. But when I read this song, that's kind of my, what, what I thought, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I definitely read it more in a, um, shallow sense of just the surface level um where the animals on the danger sign i read as them just being jealous of people who don't have thoughts (laughs) or just animals who don't have to okay think emotion motively and that totally speaks to being more of a country song you know because you're right like there are more songs in this album that are a little bit more shallow that use less of those like artsy devices and more of like talking about animals you know and that's totally very country and it's not that much of a metaphor that much of a you know an allegory there but it's it's something you know and it's yeah. it's, it's creative and it's it's fun without necessarily being like artsy or too highbrow i mean it could be both it always could be okay <laughs> um take it <laughs> so we got married in a gold rush and the rush has never felt the same Shared a moment in a cafe, shared a kiss in pouring rain. We got married in a gold rush, and the sight of gold will always bring me pain. So, yeah, first of all, we can touch on the two uh, we got married in a gold rush lines there. Um, The rush has never felt the same. The sight of gold will always bring me pain. Um, Nice rhyming scheme, first of all. That is Uh, nice, yeah. um, It's... Yeah, it's definitely, they're past the point in their relationship, the honeymoon phase. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gold has, run, the initial gold has run out, and now they have to build it on something more uh, firm. Yeah. So I, I think it's really interesting that we're doing this song the week after Hannah Hunt, because in some ways I view this as the maturation of the Hannah Hunt story. Because in Hannah Hunt, they encounter difficulties and just run off and it's just not going to work and they give up. But in this one, they encounter difficulties um, and they still pine for that initial gold, that initial feeling, but they decide to stay. They decide to build on it and um, build a foundation that will last. 
And so in, in that way, it definitely makes sense that this was written long after Hannah Hunt and shows an evolution as, of Ezra as a songwriter. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, Cause you're right. It, it's, it's, it's two, it's two very different approaches to the issue. And of course, I mean, we could be dealing with two very different people in the situation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice compliment there. And also just Hannah Hunt is this very sad song to listen to. And while there's kind of some tense themes in this song, this is a very more upbeat, more energetic song to listen to. Yeah, definitely. So that, I mean, it's, it's mirrored there in the, in the, in the musicality. That makes sense. Um, Share to Kissing Pouring Rain. Kissing Pouring Rain, I'll always think of Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. We've talked about how I've never seen a Spider-Man movie, right? No. I have some. I know you said you want to get into Spider-Man, but I was not aware of that. Part. I've had I've had a number of very serious cultural blank spots um, in my in my long twenty three year old life, um, and Spider-Man movies are one of them. Just have not gotten into it, and I think I would love Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man seems very very cool. Great superhero. Yeah. Um, but they uh, but we won't get into superhero movie discourse. Um, but yeah, there's the famous scene where Spider-Man is upside down and removes part of his mask to kiss Mary Jane in the rain. Um, and so I think for a lot of our generation, that's what first that it has anything to do with the song, but <laughs> that's all I can think of. Um, but yeah, without that exposure, what did you think of those lines? I think it's actually fairly superficial. I think you're just looking back on, like you said, the honeymoon phase, the early days of the relationship where you're like, oh, this is great um, without really needing any other extra jumpstart to be a part of it. Um, and you're like, oh, I wish we had things. Maybe not even necessarily. I mean, it could be a couple of things. It could be the way the relationship between the two people was. It also could speak to, oh, like the environment at the time, you know, was was better, you know. Because we don't know if it was if it was months. We don't know if this was years in the past. Um, it, it strikes me more as like years. You know, it seems like it's been Definitely. some time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in some capacity, things were better in the time that I'm remembering. Yeah. Of course. I don't want to hear the rumors. Please don't say it loud. I just want to go out tonight and make my baby proud. Boy, who's your baby? Girl, if you don't know by now. There's two seats on the midnight train. The gold won't weigh us down. So yeah, that almost strikes me as we're going to completely move away from the way we had done things previously. And that is kind of, that's another line that I feel like supported my original you know, thesis about this song is that we hate the way things are now. We're also not going to try and go back to the way things were before. Let's just go and find a new way. Um, that was my thought. Um, I know you and I listened to a brief snippet about time uh, on Time Christ earlier that talked a little bit about the chorus. Um, yeah, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I definitely agree that um, this is the point of maturation that I was talking about, where um, instead of just wallowing in um, defeat, they decide to completely abandon what had worked in the past but has grown stale and instead build something that will last um so the gold being that previous success in the relationship um that previous feeling that you're pining for but instead leaving it behind to make a new future for them Mm -hmm. 
um, yeah, and so, so yeah, Kevin mentioned something in Time Crisis in episode 92. As we talked about how the lyrics were a little different initially, uh, instead of, I just want to go out tonight and make my baby proud, it was uh, make my daddy proud. And then it says, boy, who's your daddy? So the initial lyrics there were the morning skies, my daddy. And so that that was, as, as Ezra said, he tried to make it sound mystical. Uh, and then he just was like, nah, let's just make it a country ballad kind of feel. So I don't know if that really has too much of an effect. It, it kind of makes it more of a Big Blue-esque song. Yeah. But and, Big Blue, yeah, Big Blue feels grounded for being as whimsical as it is. Um, mm-hmm. That would just be a little too, like, Puffman Dragon for me. You know, um, the one thing that we talked about off air was how we talked, uh, when we were discussing Hold You Now, how the relationship described there is likely between two lovers, but also could be between a father and a daughter. And this gives a little bit more credence to that potential theme there yeah definitely so verse three hanging gardens turned to desert all that loving turned to hate we got married in a gold rush and those wedding bells were ringing out our fate so um yeah the hanging gardens um it's the Sorry, genius is freaking out on me, but it's the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, right? Yes. Um, and so it's just saying like a luscious garden of fruit and wealth has turned to nothing. And so that initial feeling in their relationship has turned to nothing. And even more so in the next line, all that loving has turned into hate <laughs> it's just tough. wild fellas i've never been married before but something tells me when you hate your spouse i mean that doesn't that doesn't strike me as something that's strong for the relationship yeah what are we boomers here yeah. only boomers hate their spouses right <laughs> we were talking this summer um about how i i saw this a long time ago and the the subreddit r slash boomers humor is great for this sort of thing but we were talking about how Boomers and older Gen X people have three jokes. I hate my wife. I hate my kids. And alcoholism is funny. And you can replay those to a certain demographic and they'll laugh all the time. It's wild. Like, why is that funny? (laughs) It's just kind of sad. (laughs) It's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and those wedding bells are ringing out our fate. So so what what did you take from that? Is it just um, the boomer culture of marriage is the end of fun? Yeah, I'm curious because we we look at our songwriter, uh, Ezra, who is not married and yet is a, like, has a, appears to have found a life partner. I mean, so much so that he now has a son with said life partner. So it's interesting. Is this like an actual critique of, like, marriage? Is this just like a sense for, like, when you lock yourself into a relationship, like, this shit's going to happen? I don't know. Um, because you, you still have plenty of younger folks getting married. Uh, is this just like a personal opinion coming through? I don't really know. Yeah, I, um, I, I just took it as kind of 
with the wedding the initial fun is over like oh, at so some point the honeymoon phase will end because you're, you're very much it's a, it's a big chapter in your life you know i mean even even though you may have known for some time this is the person you want to spend the rest of your life with it is a, it is an official demarcation that like okay what's the next big thing it's really very much up to you at that point you know yeah and then, this could be said about any any sort of life transition, but this is, I mean, weddings are typically seen as among the biggest things you can personally do in your life, you know, so it's a big deal. Yeah, that makes sense. So then we go back to the chorus. I don't want to hear the rumors. Please don't say it loud. I just want to go out tonight and make my baby proud. Boy, who's your baby? Girl, if you don't know by now, there's two seats on the midnight train. The gold won't weigh us down. So we didn't touch on this the last chorus. But what are the rumors? You know, there's the there's the nineteen Fleetwood Mac by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, maybe she just really is not a fan of Fleetwood Mac. You know, the text I copied from Google has rumors spelled with the O U as the British members of Fleetwood Mac would. Have, I think this is a this is a Fleetwood Mac. This is a Laurel Canyon like L A based folk rock thing. We're done here. <laughs> she just Danielle who, who sings that part. No, it's Ezra who sings it, right? What's that? It's Ezra who sings that part. It is. Yeah. And you know what it is? Is is maybe we we know that Danielle and the Heim sisters are such big fans of Fleetwood Mac. I mean, many times they make Fleetwood Mac adjacent music. Ezra clamoring to Danielle, I don't want to hear the rumors anymore. Just <laughs> so freaking sick of hearing this Fleetwood Mac talk in the studio. They can't do it anymore. It's true. We're done. We're done. <laughs> that's, that's it. Solid clad. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> All right. Got it. Because I don't have I don't have any other ideas. It's definitely, I, mean, I didn't even catch this the first read through. Um, it just felt like it fit. But yeah, you're right. When you actually analyze that line as a standalone, you're like, oh, what is he talking about? Yeah, I would say it's just the rumors of. Uh, Maybe it's rumors of infidelity. Could be that. Um, or just maybe, rumors of I, one person wants a divorce. Yeah, it could be that. Because it's like, if, 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 if you think, if someone is seriously considering that, A, either they want to get a divorce or, A, my marriage isn't going well, they likely would have talked about that with a friend or a family member. Yeah. So it's out there, you know. That's, that's, a, good, that's a good point. And then final verse rushes on to somewhere more else. A bridge and then we have a, a verse True. yeah True. the rushes on to somewhere else we're running out of time everything was ours now it's just an empty mind animals don't understand the words on the dangerous shine sign for them it's just some morning shade from the morning shine yeah i mean we talked about that that animal slime there a little bit um the line about how the rush is on to somewhere else is very interesting to me. Um, that, to me, that almost speaks more so to the idea that it is purely about a relationship in that, you know, the joy, the happiness, you know, that, 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 that crush, the honeymoon phase that we had was ours. It is no longer ours. Now we've got to figure this out. And I think that line about now it's just an empty mind is obviously very nice. Uh, imagery there you know consider we're talking about a gold rush and a, a mine there um that's my take on those first two lines yeah i, th I think that's fair 
um i think it's just evolve or die if you don't do anything like the relationship will die so the rush is on to somewhere else like to something happening with that relationship Mm. it's just you have to direct it totally it's going to change no matter what it's up to you to make that change in the positive Mm -hmm. but they're running out of time to do something about it yeah okay i hear you and then i love that next line everything was ours now it's just an empty mine Mm -hmm. um wordplay right um with a gold mine so the gold mine is out it's empty there's no more gold but it's also everything used to be between us but now it's not only empty but it's all mine I see what you did there. That's nice. Yeah. That's tough. Also- why else would you say everything was ours and then use mine? Yeah, because maybe maybe he feels like he's trying more. Maybe he feels like it's unbalanced in some way. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah, so I, I think that bridge is really good because it definitely is the mm-hmm height of the tension before it's released Mm. uh which is really nice um because after that it goes into the verse that heals that relationship and moves on to um growth so i thought you might learn the language i thought you might learn to sing we were born before the gold rush so why can't i remember anything I want to put things back together. I want to give, don't want to take. Time to disavow the gold rush and the bitterness that flourished in its wake. So it's like they made that decision during the bridge and it seems like they're willing to execute on it. You know, Mm -hmm. I read those first two lines um, about learning the language, learning to sing about kind of like this, you know, when you're young and you got a lot of good stuff going on, it's it's very easy to think these high lofty goals. and you're right sounds like they didn't execute on them and it's kind of more this sense like we're going to leave that behind we're going to keep going forward i i read it as the a joke to relieve the tension yeah that's another good way to because it it transitions from saying saying that like it's empty now i'm putting in the effort you aren't and transitioning to I'm willing to disavow it now. Yeah, I like that. Cause now you're now you're nitpicking about things that maybe are less important. Yeah. You know? Cause it, those are I mean, learning a new language or learning to sing. I mean, that's just I think we're just kind of using fillers for like hobbies there, right? Or like new skills, which is like ultimately, unless it's like something that's been explicitly expressed, like is not as important as probably some of the more core tenets of your relationship. Yeah, it it reminds me of two passengers uh, in the seats in front of me on the South Shore line a couple months ago. Um, Very audibly loud. uh, So I was not intending to hear it, but I did. Um, And it was this young married couple arguing. um, And it got very, very intense uh, to the point where they just like stopped talking. And... Then, like, all of a sudden, they're, like, joking and showing each other TikToks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, shoot, is that is that what married life is? Yeah. <laughs> Just, like, 
realizing like it's not worth being mad just make a joke so I, that's kind of the vibe it gave me the boomers hate their wife the the zoomers realize that she's still my wife yeah <laughs> <laughs> something we can't relate to not married yet <laughs> no not yet um so yeah i I think the, I want to put things back together. I want to give, don't want to take is really, really something. Um, just stating that they, they want to put in the effort to, to fix it. Yeah, I guess those, the, the, that final line in that verse there spoke more to me as a final stab at like, I'm a coastal elite kind of thing. Because um, you talk about how this environment that all these other people have enjoyed has created some bad things as well, and you're acknowledging that, and you want to get away from it. Um, the more we've dissected this song, the more I don't like my theory as much. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I, I do not like it at all. I don't like honest. it at all. I really think it's 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 like you said, it's those first two lines of the song that to me set it on that tone. Because again, we're so used to these songs being woke. And I think about it a little bit more. It's almost like, and of course, all the songs that we've done are so random. And also could be just a, just a, the, the way the songwriting um, and the band overall have progressed. But it felt like maybe the middle, the first, I don't know, 35, 40% of the songs we did, like every stab at it, we immediately went, this is woke. And we were right most of the time. And now, maybe it's like we're realizing that that could be true but also like a lot of the stuff is just simpler at the end of the day yeah and it probably is a mixture of both but i'm curious how we would look at some of those like the first dozen or songs songs we did and how that would be different like if we did campus right now would we go this is still woke i was actually going to use that as an example of one i still think is woke yeah you're probably right that is probably (laughs) kind of woke but i don't know i don't know the one I'm confident on is Holiday. <laughs> yes, very confident about Holiday. Um, still fairly confident about Harmony Hall. Um, um, the one, <clears throat> the one that was a little tricky is um, um, a father of the bride, uh, Italian name. Bambina. Yeah, yeah, that one's a little tricky. Big Blue is also maybe kind of there. Yeah. Big blues all over the place. Great song. Could be Kentucky Wildcats. Oh yeah, go cats. Um, But yeah, that's. I mean, that's the song. Um, It says the chorus again and just kind of restates the same thing twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And the. um, But yeah, it's a great song. It it definitely. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a single. You know, I thought it was. And for some reason, it, I, it didn't come out as a single. Um, yeah. but like, I, approaching this, I thought it was a single and it would have had one of those little symbols with it. But no, it didn't. Yeah, but uh, it definitely encompasses the album pretty well. And like I said, I, I think it's a nice end to Act 1 before totally. Act 2 kind of encounters other issues. Yes. And... You're right. It will, we, if we feel positive at the end of Act One, um, I don't think we feel the same way about the end of Act Two. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. So, I mean, Father of the Bride. I kind of knew this before we did this podcast, but 
it's just about married life right yeah totally um, that's all it is and you know there's other stuff in there like we talked about how this life might be about god and harmony hall might be about uh trump but i mean like there's other stuff in here you're totally right yeah i mean in married life you talk about trump and god right <laughs> yeah a lot Many, many, I would say pretty much every household in America talks about those things. If I had to yeah, guess. Those are two big topics. Got ag- agnostic guy who doesn't believe in politics. I want to talk to him. He's probably having <laughs> a really fun time. <laughs> um, favorite lyric? Um, there's two seats on the midnight train. The gold won't weigh us down. Um, I'm going to go with, I want to give, don't want to take. Or actually, no. I'm switching it to time to disavow the gold rush and the bitterness that flourished in its wake. I dig. Clear proclamation. Um, top five. This life, unbelievers, flower moon, stranger, white sky. Uh, flower moon. Uh, everlasting arms, spring snow, unbearably white, unbelievers. Bang. Lots of un in there. I know. We, we're not, we're not, we're not accepting new things. We're merely disavowing old things. Yeah. <laughs> the, the negative, the negative prefix there. That's one way to look at it. So, so Kevin has our hat for the week. Yes, um, I'm wearing a just a brown beanie uh, because I got this at REI last year, and I really like wearing it. The name of the company is Smartwool. Um, big fan of this hat, and it's you know it's 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 that late autumn, early winter feel. I'm in South Bend right now, um, and it's a it's a beautiful South Bend afternoon. Uh, no permafrost. It's actually quite nice, um, but kind of the ideal weather to be wearing said beanie. That's our half the week. Yeah. Um, so, song for next week is the final bonus track, Arrows. Nice. The first LP. I've Japanese never heard of it. Album. I'm very excited. Yeah, I've only heard it like a couple times. So, fun. so tune in next week to hear us talk about Arrows. Easy, folks. Um,